0: Well, thank you for coming to Lesson 6, Reaching Others on the Journey, Evangelism and Mission. And so this is really the the lesson that speaks about the third of our three-pronged mission statement here at Palm Vista, where we say that Jesus Christ is the mission, Him we worship, Him we image, and Him we proclaim. So we worship Him, We've talked about that. We gathered together this morning. It's a Sunday morning. We're going to worship Him together. There's something about the church coming together. Worship Him privately. We image Him. We talked about sanctification, becoming like Christ, and He saves us, that He might conform us into His image, that Romans 8, 28 to 30 section. And we proclaim Him. And quite frankly, full disclosure, I think here we are weak at this, at this church. I think that we do... A lot of good things in the worship and in the image. I, I'm, I'm thankful to God for the grace He's given us. There are there are mature believers here, but we don't do quite as good a job in proclaiming Him. and And I'm excited to do a study retreat next week that I'm going to be looking at this issue and at the church and and have, at the whole idea of. Not only do we have the great commandment, which is love God and love your neighbor. That's like the number one commandment. You do that, you obey all the law. That's like sort of being like Jesus and, and the imaging him and worshiping him. But then you have the great commission. And just looking at, it doesn't have to be either or. It's, a lot of times where I told you about churches tend to polarize. They tend to polarize over doctrine, let's say, in the charismatic gifts. A lot of churches tend to polarize over their great churches in outreach and evangelism, but not so great in discipleship. I don't know why that is. And so I'm just praying um, that we could, we could actually, as we mature, we're reaching out. You know, at, that the great commandment and the great commission can go hand in hand. So that would be something that i pray for me as I'm studying next week. I'm going to take a whole week of a, a study retreat. Uh, but, but here we're talking about the proclaiming. We're talking about the proclaiming. And I love this one passage in Revelation 5-9. There's a reference to it in the second paragraph there on page 1, lesson 6. I love this, pass- this reference in Revelation 5:9. 9 um, Even it, as I begin to read this passage, well, let me read it first. Uh, this is in heaven. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. Verse 10, And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And just even this morning as we were looking at the class, uh, relatively small class, but we've got Puerto Rican, Dominican, Nicaraguan born in Mexico raised in Hialeah which is Cuban land and half Cuban half Colombian and me who both my parents are Cuban and and came here many years ago as immigrants in this church in this city if we don't do this we don't have a church (laughs) we're not all going to look the same we're not all going to have the same backgrounds but what I love about this is that every nation every tribe every people and uh, so that's my prayer Uh, that's what this is all about. So let's ask the Lord to bless us. I just feel led to pray right now on the front end here. Lord, I pray that you would even anoint me as I uh, teach these, these notes. I've, I, I've taught these notes before, um, but there would be a, a new passion, Lord, a new vision, a new, a new faith that we can obey the great commandment to love you and love one another and mature in the faith and the great commission, which is to go and make disciples of all the nations with the gospel. Lord, that you would help us do that here at Palm Vista. And many churches in South Florida, an area that is, that is relatively, well, it is very unreached. If the statistics still hold true from a year or so ago, um, 2% roughly are going to an evangelical church, a Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church. 2%. How many are in South Florida? Miami-Dade, maybe 2.8 million. Broward, another 1.5, 1.6 million, Palm Beach County, it's it's a lot of people. Lord, let our hearts beat with this desire to see your gospel, make disciples and churches built and your name glorified in a place that knows little of the true gospel. So Lord, I I pray now for us, for our church, um, even as we're preaching through the book of Acts. May Acts come alive. And uh, may we live the, the reality of your power to preach the gospel. Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses. Lord, we need the power. We want to bear witness to you, Jesus. Boldly, effectively, fruitfully. So, Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, again, this is something that if you've been around the church, this is not news to you here. Like I said... Some of the other things we taught were distinctives of Palm Vista. Uh, reformed and charismatic typically typically don't go together. Um, uh, just emphasis on perhaps sanctification, progressive sanctification. Again, we talked about there might be a little bit of a not a controversy, but a discussion today about that. Uh, but when it comes to this one, uh, we're no different than any other church, and probably need to grow to be as fruitful in this area as many other good churches in our city. So, I just want to start with that. And just start humbling ourselves and saying we need help here. But here it is, church with a mission. I I love on mission with the gospel. I don't know why, I just I love that. I'm not the first one to use that, but on mission with the gospel. And so what is the, what is the mission? Well, it commenced with God's covenant with Abraham. And if you're saying, why would you start in the Old Testament? Well, this is biblical theology. This is part of that reformed theology. Our doctrine is reformed. that We begin with covenant. We begin with biblical theology. We begin with one story. The Bible is one story. And as that story progresses through history, it's the story of Jesus. It's the story of redemption. And so it begins, this plan, this mission begins with God's covenant with Abraham. You can find it in several places. Here you'll see it in Genesis 22. Probably the very first place you see it is Genesis 12. But just reading Genesis 22, verses 17 to 18, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice so the offspring would be pointing to Jesus he was a Jew all the nations of the earth will be blessed that's the gospel the gospel message that was that was first mentioned really in Genesis 3 and then boom you see it again here this promised Abraham the Jewish people that there would be a savior that come from the Jews to bless all the nations so then B The plan continued. That's the Great Commission. We see that in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Right? So if Abraham was given that promise of roughly 2000 BC, maybe, right around there, so 2000 years later, Jesus comes, and he is the great fulfillment of it. We read Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So notice, all the nations. It's no longer just a Jewish thing. Since Abraham, for 2,000 years, it had been basically a Jewish thing. It was an ethnic, racial calling of these people, the Jews. But it was always God's intention that they would bless the nations. He's always had his people, not restricted by their ethnicity, their nationality, but in covenant with him in Christ. And So now it's fulfilled. Make disciples of all the nations with the gospel. Teach them everything that I've commanded you. And that's what we're called to do. That's why our, that's why our mission statement is Jesus Christ is the gospel. Uh, so we worship him, we image him, we proclaim him. It's, it's what scripture says. Okay, then see at the bottom of page one, the plan completed, the heavenly throne. That's that scripture that I read to you uh, the ultimate fulfillment of it, the picture of heaven that we saw there in Revelation 5. If you turn the page on the top of page 2, we see another picture of it in Revelation 7, 9-10. to 10. I love this one. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So notice, great multitude, can't number them, every nation, all tribes and peoples and languages. Beautiful. So that is, that is our vision, guys. That is our mission. So being on mission with the gospel is to be on this mission. Now there's so many different ways to do it, obviously, and so... Um, we're praying for God's strategy. So Roman numeral 2 there on page 2, people with the message evangelism. So we we have this message it is the gospel. We've experienced God's grace through the gospel. He called us. We didn't call him. He chose us. We did respond, but he chose us and had he not chosen us, we would never would have chosen him. The gospel message is in us. God has given us salvation. And then he commissions us to share that message. So just briefly reviewing this, this idea of people with a message, evangelism. A, the subjects of evangelism are every Christian. What do we mean by that? What we mean by that is, Acts 1.8, we are to bear witness. That was not given to just the apostles. 1 Peter 3.15, where every one of us will be able to give an answer for the reason of the hope within us, the gospel. So the Great Commission, though, it was only the apostles who were standing there. Through them, he gave it to every Christian. That's important because there are some people that, you know, that would say, well, it's just to the leaders, it was just to the apostles. No, we, we reject that. The subject of evangelism is every Christian. And the substance of, of evangelism, it's the gospel. We're not not called to talk about how to live a moral life. We're not called to talk about politics. We're not called to talk about any of that stuff. We're called to talk about Jesus Christ, His work, His life, His death, His resurrection, His ascension. Top of page three, the gospel. Jesus Christ is the gospel. Our need for salvation is the reason for the gospel, but the gospel is Jesus and at the top of page 3, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of Christ. Because, in, because it is the power of God for the, for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, and then for the Gentile. The gospel is the good news. God's saving work through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And communicating that gospel faithfully. And that's what we're trying to do. Preserves its power, protects us from distorting its truth. And by the way, let me just say this. Early on, I think I talked about this. I talked about this passage in, uh, I believe it was 1 Corinthians 3, where it talks about you are the field and the leaders of the church are those that are working the field. You are the building, the leaders of the church are those that are building the building. And um, you, you need to be paying attention to see if a church is keeping the gospel in the center. Is not diminishing its power. Is not going off on tangents. There are many tangents one can go off on. Every church goes off. Of. But that the gospel remains central. And Paul says that we would not um, um, diminish the gospel. Or, or somehow that the cross and what Christ's life, death, resurrection, ascension would somehow diminish. Oh, that's just for evangelism. But once you're saved, you move on. No. The gospel has to be central. Now, obviously, there are many other things we have to talk about. But at the center of it is this message, this faithful message of Jesus Christ. And so to do that, you look at these points here on page three, how do we remain faithful to to declaring the gospel in our evangelism? By the way, I I heard this one time. Someone once said that what you use to uh, win people with is in essence what you win them to. Uh, And what that means is, if somehow you're trying to get people into the church, maybe with something other than the gospel over the years, whatever that might be, um, sadly you're going to win them to that. But if if you're just preaching Jesus powerfully, and you're holding up Jesus powerfully, then you're, you're, you're winning them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're not having to... Somehow, water it down or dilute it. Do you want to make it relevant? Absolutely. Do you want to contextualize? Certainly. No doubt about that. But winning them to Jesus, winning them with Jesus and the gospel, the true gospel, you're winning them to that then. Well, listen to these three things here. So, focusing on the gospel keeps our evangelism God centered and not man centered. So, So, for example, what can happen is, if, if you try to bring people in, let's say with their felt needs, or how to live a successful life, or really great music that's gonna you know, delight them, or you know, fill in the blanks, okay? Those aren't bad things, but if that becomes the center of why a person came to your church, if you think about it, you're winning them with that, you're winning them to that. So subtly you're saying it's really all about you and your needs. Versus if you win them with the gospel, if God wins them with the gospel, then, then you're bringing them confronting them with God and God's call on them to be a worshiper and repent, and their rebellion against God. I mean, it's a little harder pill to swallow, but it's the Holy Spirit that enables us to swallow it, so that in, you're one to Jesus. It's God-centered. It's not me and my needs centered. Number two, focusing on the gospel keeps our evangelism humble, not self-righteous. This is that this is about the cross here. Look at that paragraph. The gospel is explicitly designed so that no one may boast before God. Our relationship with God had nothing to do with our own wisdom or merit, but is solely due to God's grace and mercy towards us. as his witnesses, we are merely testifying to what He has freely given to us. I love this passage in first corinthians one twenty six to twenty nine Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose, God chose, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and and the despised and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before God. None of us found God. He chose us and our great need. And then three, focusing on the gospel keeps our evangelism faith-filled, not self-sufficient. I can't do anything to win someone to Christ. It is God that does that. Now, I'm called to preach Jesus, and the tension that's on the other side of that statement is that how can they come to faith if a preacher doesn't go and preach it? So there's that tension. But I cannot manipulate meet a felt need, have the greatest service, the greatest music, the greatest preaching, whatever, and somehow that is going to manipulate someone into believing in Jesus. Can't do it. Can't do it. Why? Well, look at John six forty four at the bottom. This is Jesus speaking. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on that day. Now, some people have used that to say, we don't need to go out and share the gospel. And that's a lie. Because Jesus, what did Jesus just say? Go and make disciples preaching me. But I I can preach the gospel faithfully. I can do the best we can do here to present clear preaching and, 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 and music. That is clear and draws your attention to the Savior and, and programs that will help people. Yes, we should do all that. But ultimately, it's the Father that draws people to Jesus. <laughs> okay? It's attention. It's attention. It's attention. All right, top of page four. What's our method? Well, it's declaration and demonstration. As I just mentioned, Romans 10 14 to 15. I have to tell the good news. Okay so the tension with with John 6:44 no one can come to me unless the father draws them is is Romans 10:14 to 15 how then can they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them and how can they preach unless they are sent as it, as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news Wow I mean so they're both true God's the one that Draws them. The Father draws them to Jesus, but how can they be drawn unless someone goes and preaches? See, so so God's sovereign will will be done, and He chooses to use us as His mouthpiece. <laughs> right? Okay. That, that is, we have to keep that tension very strongly. Number two, demonstration: living the good news. Um, so, as a church, what we're doing is we're saying, "Here's the gospel," and now come see it in action. As we're sitting in a in a room. Hearing teaching, as we're helping one another uh, in a move, as we're as we're bringing a meal to a family where they just had a tragedy, or perhaps they just were blessed with a child. As we're fill in the blank, serving the poor in our neighborhood, so they see the demonstration of the gospel. Matthew five thirteen to sixteen, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world, a city. On a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do not do men people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, so that they may see your good deeds and do what praise your father in heaven. So I'm not doing the good deed so that somehow I can earn God's favor and get to heaven. No, no, no. The gospel says Jesus did that and it's faith in Him and Him alone. But I do the good deeds because He's called me to and as I do that, it then reflects God. So that's why we demonstrate in our daily lives, demonstrate it through our community groups, demonstrate it through sharing for one another. Okay, and what are the contexts of evangelism? Well, number one, personal. We pray and we want to Equip you to be able to share the gospel personally, and then top of page five, corporate. We're in here, Miami-Dade and Broward counties. How do we reach out? Um, this is an area where we need help. This is an area where we really need some strategies, and uh, I'm trying to learn from many others. And and I, you know, if you're listening to this recording. If you're listening to this recording a year or two from now, like 2015, I pray that you would say, wow, the Lord's really blessed you guys. You've really learned some things. If you're listening to a 2013, and early 2013, pray for us. And maybe you're part of that solution, that God would give you some ideas how we corporately can share the gospel. And even how we can train people to personally share the gospel, both in, um, We used to do more of it. And I think, quite frankly, I just got a little weary of it. I'm the, I'm the guy over evangelism of the pastoral team. And, um, you know, I, I have a great desire. I, I'm a kind of person, that if I walk up to a coffee stand, get my little cafe guano, I'm going to just start talking to everybody around me, and eventually I bring it to, to Christ. Um, how, do, how do I train others to have that mentality? And then how do I train others to be able to know what to share about Christ? Now, obviously, this is my vocation. Went to seminary. I I preach every Sunday, so for me it's on my mind all the time. But you know, for most of you, you, you're like, wow, I'm just trying to like do my job. I'm in school. I'm I'm not thinking about this all the time. So if I get next to somebody and, and I see it's a moment to share the gospel, I'm not even sure how to do that. You know, but I just plop out my big black Bible on the counter and all right, let's turn to you know how do I do that, Al? So you know, pray for me that we would come up with with ongoing like a culture at Palm Vista where people know the gospel and are happy and bold to share the gospel because the Spirit was given for that. That's what it says in Acts 1.8. So pray for us in that. Okay. Uh, Roman numeral three, church planting, our broader mission. So part of our the desire uh, to um, uh, make disciples, we think church planting. We planted the church down in Westchester with my dear friend Jose Prado. Um, sent some of our best men and women down there. That's just how we see doing it, church planting. We would like to plant a church again, but we need to recover from all the people we sent out on the most recent church plant. I'll tell you what I found out. Church planting is wonderful. It's, it also costs. It costs the, the, the church that sends, not just money, by the way, and it costs the church that gets planted. So pray for Sovereign Grace Church of Miami uh, here in, in March of 2013. They're doing fine, but uh, you know Miami's a tough city to plant a church in. And I, I so admire the risk that they've taken to do that, and, and, and I pray for them dearly. Uh, Pray for us as we now continue to grow back and the people that we've sent, the 40-some people we sent, some of our best leaders, our worship leader, that we would grow back now and become strong again and and, and maybe grow in numbers so that we can think about sending out the next church because the Lord knows churches need to be planted in Miami, healthy churches. All right? There are also other ministries that we we utilize to share the gospel down at the bottom of page 5, excuse me, to make disciples. Um, So you can see that for yourself. Page six, our specific mission and you. So, we we see that the mandate to make disciples reaches to you, my dear friends, who are listening to me or you're here in the classroom this Sunday morning in March. Our mission statement is Jesus Christ is the gospel. We worship Christ. We image Christ. We proclaim Christ. I, I, I think you see that, right? And that's the mission. That's what God's called us to do. We were pagans. We were covenant breakers. We were worshipers of ourselves and our own pleasure and our own careers and our own whatever, fill in the blank. And God saves us out of that and we start worshiping him and he starts changing us. We start becoming more like Jesus. And then he tells us, go proclaim me. So, you know, if it's your desire to take part in our mission by becoming a member of Palm Vista, here's the process. And this class is obviously just intended to inform you. And if you're listening to this digitally, so you can listen and then read the notes that we've posted online. Why? Well, we believe membership's important. We already talked about that in previous class. So here's the deal. If you want to become a member of Palm Vista, if you want to become part of the mission here, I'd encourage you to become a member somewhere so you can be part of the mission. Here's the deal. A clear testimony of personal faith in Jesus Christ. Successful completion of the class, our journey class. Support of our church's statement of faith, it's online, you can read it. Support of our uh, membership uh, commitment, and those of you here in the class, I've given you a folder with all of that information there. Robert, I don't know if I gave you the folder. Did I give you the folder last week? Great, okay. Uh, Regular attendance and Sunday morning meeting, active participation in a community group, actually we've changed the name to community group, Uh, that God would give you a conviction to give, as He leads your heart, as you look at those scriptures and understand, it's not so much the amount, it's not so much that, you know, the money. It's your heart to invest by faith in the mission. And then, of course, what what we will do as this class ends now, we'll take the next month to arrange a pastoral meeting with you, and uh, you can ask me a gazillion questions, and we'll go over the membership uh, materials that you have in the folder there, and you can pray, you can be praying, uh, between now and then. And then, uh, once that's all completed. There'll be a Sunday in April. I can't remember exactly which Sunday it is. I think it's the second or third Sunday in April. We'll have a membership Sunday. We'll preach a message. Actually, I'm I'm already kind of thinking about the message I'm going to be preaching. It's going to be on the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. I just, boom, boom, you know. Great Commandment, Matthew 22. Love God, love one another. When they ask Jesus, what's the Great Commandment? And he tells them, love God, love one another. Then the Great Commission, Matthew 28, and how those work together. And then at the end of that message, we will invite you uh, up and... uh, have a couple of slides with your picture on there, so sorry about that, but just so people can see your face, have you come up, give you a little gift, welcome you to the church, pray for you, and um, and then move forward. Um, also, just a quick uh, thought here: uh, if you have never been baptized as a believer, we would like to talk to you about that because we believe in, in believers' baptism. So that means that we are credo Baptists. Um, so let's talk about that. You know, we, we talked about that earlier in one of the lessons, but that would be another thing we'd want to discuss. We could do that during the pastoral interview. So, thanks for being a part of the process. Um, certainly want to entertain any questions. We can do that in the pastoral interview, and I can do that once I finish this recording. But those who are listening, perhaps you've listened, in, listened to quite a few of these on, on digitally. Um, the whole idea is that God is the one who unites you to a church. I believe the Spirit is leading you to that. You need to carefully consider where, not just drift in and out, but actually become a member, and a member that serves, a member that gives, a member that receives. I believe that is the New Testament pattern. That's the biblical pattern for God's people. So to that end, may he bless the preaching of his word, teaching of his word to build his church. Amen.